Another Way to Play, episode 93. If people would just stay consistent, they would totally see results, but people give up. It's like that analogy of you plant the seed and it's down there growing and it's growing and it's growing and growing and you stop right before it hits the dirt. So you never see the results because all you had to do was just keep going a little bit longer and that seed would have broken the surface and then bam, it would have happened. This is Karen Carr of the Georgia Coast Homes team at Keller Williams and YouTube Coach. And if you want to learn to make the next chapter of your life better than the last, then you should be listening to Another Way to Play with my good friend, Hans Struzina. Welcome to Another Way to Play, your wake-up call to finally make a difference by creating a life defined by freedom. This is about entrepreneurs, thought leaders, and industry professionals that have left the nine to five rat race behind by taking that personal leap from where they were to where they wanna be. It's time to stop going through the motions, stop hitting the snooze button on your life, and get the insight and inspiration to make the next chapter of your life better than your last. This is Another Way to Play with your host, Hans Struzina. This is Another Way to Play. I am your host, Hans Strazina, and I believe that if you trade hours for dollars, you will never achieve true freedom in your life. Today's guest is Karen Carr. Uh, For those of you who don't know, uh, she's a realtor in Savannah, Georgia of Georgia Coast Homes by Keller Williams uh, down in that market. Um, She's someone that I heard speak about YouTube at the Keller Williams family reunion a handful of months ago. And I was just really taken by her story and her message, which is basically get on YouTube. Uh, So I decided to ask her to come on the show to talk about not only her journey, but then her journey into video marketing. It's a really interesting one. She almost found video by mistake. She actually was writing blogs originally as a way to prospect for clients and decided to throw a video in there because of some stat she read about getting natural SEO boosts uh, and used YouTube to house the videos. And all of a sudden, after a handful of months of doing that on a weekly basis, got a phone call from someone who was only watching her YouTube videos. So needless to say, she realized she was onto something and has taken that and run with it. Uh, She now has over 7,000 followers on her YouTube channel, plus a uh, YouTube channel dedicated just to helping real estate agents uh, learn how to get their message and their branding out on YouTube as well. Another few thousand there. Um, And I point that out only to say that it doesn't necessarily take a huge following to make a big impact on your life because within a year of starting this project, she hired a couple of buyer's agents and her business blew up. Um, Biggest thing that she talks about is being authentic and being consistent. So when we get into that, listen for those messages, learn how she did it. And she's also got a book that she'll tell you about at the very end. And if you get value out of this episode, I'd really appreciate you heading over to iTunes, leaving a rating and review really helps me grow and get better on uh, the podcast here. So thank you so much in advance for doing that and really appreciate it for all of you guys who have done that already. So without any further ado, let's go ahead and bring in Karen Carr. Karen, thank you so much for being on the show today. Really excited to have you on. Thank you, Hans. I'm excited to be here. Well, as I said in the intro, 
you know, you've got a really cool presence on YouTube. That's how I first came across you at Keller Williams Family Reunion when you spoke mm. uh, on a panel about YouTube. And then I started consuming a lot of your content. And now I'm, I'm really excited to have you on and have this one-on-one um, with you and, and tell everybody kind of what you have done with YouTube, what it's done for your business and the ways that you're using it now, even in the COVID era. Uh, But before we get there, let's back up just a little bit and give uh, the audience and the listeners a little bit more context about your journey. So where did you actually begin? Well, I mean, oh gosh, it's one of those where like real estate is a fifth career for me type thing where um, I grew up wanting to be a singer. I wanted to be a singer. I wanted to go to Broadway. I got to college and auditioned for the music school at the University of Utah. And they said, well, we're going to train you classically so you can do whatever you want after you graduate. And as I started singing opera, I really liked it. And I found that it was easier for me to sing than like belting out Broadway show tunes type thing. So that was my plan. I wanted to be a professional singer until I realized that they travel pretty much 300 days a year and you can't have any sort of home life. And I got to the point where they wanted me to move to Germany or Italy and do some sort of apprenticeship program and, you know, sell all of your worldly possessions and go back to being a starving artist. And by that time I was about 30 and that really didn't hold a lot of appeal for me. Like I owned a house and I had a car and I didn't really want to go back to eating, you know, top ramen three meals a day. So I decided it was just going to be a hobby. I enjoyed it, but I didn't want to, I didn't, you know, I didn't want to live out of a suitcase forever and get to the, there's so much hurry up and wait when you're waiting for your time to go on stage. And I didn't ever want it to get to the point where I just hated it. So Mm -hmm. it was just a hobby. So then I went into software sales just to put food on the table and didn't really love that at all. In fact, I kind of hated it. I hated selling. (laughs) I'm a tech nerd, so I loved the software, but I didn't really like the selling part. Then I met my husband. We got married. We had a baby. We moved to Northern California. And when I got to the Napa area in 2005, so it was still at the height of the market, I realized there was no way we were ever going to buy a house there on a single income. I mean, starter homes were half a million dollars. Mm -hmm. So I said, hey, I should get my real estate license. I'd only have to sell one house a month and we'd be making bank, right? Because we don't know how hard it is. (laughs) You think, oh, one house a month, how hard can that be? So that's what happened. I got my real estate license in 2005 thinking that I'd be able to do it part-time with my new baby. And I'm sure you can imagine what happened, mm-hmm. that it quif- quickly became not a part-time job anymore, a full-time job. And I found that I really loved it. And then the market crashed. And I thought, oh boy, I got to go back to corporate America. You know, luckily there's lots of software companies in the Bay Area. Maybe I better go get a, a J-O-B. Mm-hmm. And I kind of fell into REO listings. And so that's what I did pretty much from 2006 six, seven until 2013 was just wow. the, the crappiest house in town invariably had my sign in the front yard. So that's, a whole lot of a, distressed listings. That is a tough business, but a, but a good way yeah. to start because that, that short sale REO, you know, foreclosure world is also where I started for the first year ah. and a half in the business. So I, okay. Um, so I can relate to you on that. I didn't do it for nearly as long and definitely in a different economy than what you did, but I can relate. It is not an easy sell to make. 
No, indeed. There's nothing like walking up and going, ding dong, hi, I see that the bank foreclosed on your house. I'd like to offer you the opportunity to move out without damaging the house. And, you know, sometimes they were sobbing on my shoulder and I was playing therapist and luckily no one ever pulled a gun on me, but there were times when I was afraid they were going to. So that Mm -hmm. was a very crazy, crazy time in my career. Yeah. And and what what a way to start. I mean, right. Welcome just, to the real estate. Yeah. Business. Welcome to real estate. I swear it's not always like this. <laughs> That's probably <laughs> and what it's someone funny said because I was so new to the business. I had never even heard the term short sale before. So I didn't know that that was an option. And I certainly never stopped to think that maybe I could help people avoid foreclosure by helping them do a short sale. I didn't even know what that was. Mm-hmm. So I, I kind of got baptism by fire, but it was great. I rode that yeah. wave while I could. Yeah. And then as most of us know, that sort of ended, that that wave sort of pittered out and turned into a little yep. ripple um, right around 2013. And then um, sounds like you stayed in the business and just transitioned in, into something else. Well... Right. So in 2012, I had my second child and that's fun, like going to do cash for keys when you're seven months pregnant. And so, Mm -hmm. you know, I, (laughs) but I did it. My husband came with me for that one. And then um, that following year, it was much slower and I was totally okay with that because I had a newborn at home. And then in 2013, we decided to move cross country because my family lives in Savannah, Georgia and we were all the way on the other side of the country. They were only getting to see the grandkids once, twice a year. We said, you know what? There's never gonna be a good time to move. Let's just do it, let's do it now. But I was still thinking, all I gotta do is go into REO Trans and ResNet and Equator and change all my zip codes, and then I'm gonna start getting all these listings in my new market. And I was in for a very rude awakening because that Mm -hmm. did not happen. Like, it was over. REO was pretty much done at that point. So I got to Hilton Head, South Carolina, which is where my husband found a job, and I changed all my zip codes, and nothing happened. And the Mm -hmm. second month, I got nothing. And the third month, I got nothing. And I started to panic going, I don't know how to prospect. I have literally not had to go out and find business since 2005. And even then, as a brand new agent, the the brokerage that I worked for gave me leads. So I really didn't even do prospecting them. So when I was there, it was like, I better figure something out or I'm going to have to go get a job because I I have no idea how to generate business. Yeah. And... Most people getting into the business, whether it's in a bull or bear market, um, have come in eyes wide open feeling that way. And I think generally speaking, there is um, a disdain for that sort of prospecting, cold calling, door knocking thing by and large. Like there are definitely people who are rock stars at it and love it. But I'd say those are the unicorns and the rest of us are just trying to do the minimum to get get our business going so we can start getting referrals. (laughs) Agreed. I mean, I did not get my real estate license so that I could be a telemarketer and I tried it. I mean, I did cold call. I hated every minute of it. It was effective, but I did not enjoy it. And that was not what I wanted to do long-term for sure. And that's interesting because I started my first year just cold calling less and I broke it down Mm -hmm. to very predictable numbers. And it Mm -hmm. came down to like, I was getting a roughly 10% connection rate and then I was closing an appointment one out of 10 of those connections. And then of those appointments, I was closing at roughly like 
40% turning into a listing. And so I just knew like if I just made this many calls, I'd probably get this many listings and it'd probably get this many closings. However, it just was mind numbing and soul sucking in a way that it's hard to describe unless you've banged on a phone for hours a day, you know, weeks on end. And I think a lot of people go into business, whether it's in real estate or starting their own business, thinking something similar is like, I just have to get some business in the door, but then they don't take into account the effect on them mentally, their health, their relationships, all of that stuff. And frankly, a lot of times they don't know another way. And that's exactly something it sounds like you figured out, which is really yeah. cool. And one of the reasons we're having this conversation. So Yep. I mean, I never even got to that point because I did it for such a short period of time that I knew if this is the only way for me to generate business, then I'm not going to last. I can't Mm. do that. I don't, life is too short for me to do something that I despise for two hours every day just to get the sale. I can't do Mm -hmm. it. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I just want to hit on something really quickly because I've definitely fell victim to this early in my career. I listened to a lot of sales trainers, Zig Ziglar, Grant Cardone, everyone in between who were just talking about like ABC, always be closing, you know, pick up the phone onto the next one, yada, yada. And to, to a point, like there, there's some truth in that, but it also didn't really sit perfectly well with me. And it sounds like you the same on like, there's got to be a different way or I'm going to have to figure something else out because I can't do this forever. Yeah, agreed. Yeah. I mean, yes, it works. And yes, you will get business from it. I I mean, I'm not saying that it doesn't work, but if you, if it just does not jive with your values and your personality and you despise it and you dread it. And so you put it off and you find reasons not to do it. Mm -hmm. And and then you burn out. And I think that's why people have such a washout rate their first year in business because they don't know any other way to try to find new clients. And they do that and they're like, well, this sucks. I'd rather go work at the shoe store. Yeah. Yeah. And and to to your point and where we're going to go in the conversation here in a second is there are alternative ways. Like you don't have to subscribe to the one method. Like maybe in the beginning, because some of the alternatives take time to start working, maybe in the beginning you have to just suck it up and knock on some doors just to get those first couple of deals going. Um, But that doesn't mean you can't also be doing some of these alternative things like YouTube or whatever. Um, And it sounds like that may be a direction that saved you from leaving the business. So, so totally why don't we kind of yes. go, go there? Like you're in South Carolina, then you moved again shortly thereafter um, yep. and the REO leads are done. So what did you right. do there? So that is when I moved to Atlanta and I joined a brokerage and I took all of these training classes they had. And again, it was more cold calling and scripts and all that kind of stuff. And I just went to my, my broker and I said, I, I can't do it. I cannot do it. And she said, okay, well, what do you want to do instead? And I said, I'm going to blog. And she said, okay. Cause like nobody in that office was blogging. And yeah. I said, I love to write and I write in a very conversational manner so that when you read it, it sounds like we're just having a chat and it, it worked. It, it was time consuming and it, it was definitely a long-term game. It's not like you write a blog post and you get a lead the next day. But when I did get leads from it, they would all say, oh, I love your articles. You know, I feel like I get to know your personality and we want to buy a house. We want to sell a house. Will you help us? And I was having a good time doing it. I liked it. And then um, 
I read some article that said if you embed a YouTube video in your blog post, it is 43 times more likely to rank on the first page of Google organically just because it had a YouTube video embedded in it. So I thought, okay, well, I can make a YouTube video. How hard can that be, right? Because you don't have any idea what you don't know. And I <laughs> yep. just took my phone and I started recording stupid videos. And then I would put them in the blog post to help the blog rank better. Because at the time, I was not really a big watcher of YouTube videos. I knew of YouTube, of course, but I was still thinking that it was just you know, people taking videos of their kids that they could send to their grandparents that live cross country. Mm -hmm. I mean, I wasn't aware that anybody was like making a career on YouTube or anything like that at this point. So it was literally YouTube is where I'm going to house the video so that I can embed it onto my website. Right. And then we moved again. And when we got to Savannah, we were literally still unpacking the moving boxes. I think we'd been here less than a week. And I got a phone call and this man said, I've been watching all your videos. I feel like I know you already. We're selling our house in New York. We're going to move to Georgia. Will you help us? We want you to be the one to help us. And I said, you have the worst timing in the whole world. I literally moved five hours away last week. You couldn't have called me a month ago. And he was really, really disappointed that he and his wife were not going to get to work with me specifically. And it was very flattering. But after I hung up the phone, it was like, oh my gosh, like, they were disappointed that they could not get me personally to help them mm -hmm. buy a house when they got to Atlanta because they felt like they knew me and they were already invested in working with me, even though this was the first phone call we'd ever had. We'd never spoken before. Yeah. So I really had a light bulb moment of if you make videos and you are yourself on video and they feel like they're getting to know, like, and trust you when they call you you are the one. They've already chosen you at that point. They're not interviewing other people. They're not looking for whoever's going to do it the cheapest and discount their commission. They've already decided that you are the person. So I said, okay, I'm new in my market yet again. Got no clients, got no business yet again. What if I made one video a week and I put it on YouTube? What would happen? And within a year, I had formed a team because I had so much business coming in, I couldn't do it all myself. That's Awesome. So crazy. Gosh, I, I love I love that story of you unpacking mm -hmm. the boxes and you get this call and you're like, yep. oh my gosh, are you kidding me? <laughs> right. Like really 30 days ago, you couldn't have called. So yeah. I did refer him to one of my previous coworkers, right. but it was like, ah. Can, and so then when I started making the videos in Savannah, it took about 90 days before I got my next big lead. And it was a come list me phone call. And I remember mm -hmm. it so clearly. We had gone to Disney World for a long weekend and we were driving home. My husband was driving and I was in the passenger seat. And this gentleman called me, said, we're going to move back to Florida. We want to sell our house. Can you come over and tell us what we need to do to get it on the market? And I put him on mute and I was like, yeah. It's like, oh, I just got to come list me phone call. Are you kidding? And when I went over there to do all the paperwork, I just, you know, I did my presentation and then I said, okay, so who else are you interviewing? And they said, nobody, we've picked you. Wow. That's so yeah. cool. So just for context of everybody's, uh, for everybody's sake, um, we talk about this being a long-term strategy, YouTube or mm -hmm. blogging or whatever, content creation generally. Um, when you moved to Savannah uh, and you got that first phone call, how many blogs and videos did you have out there in the world? And for how long roughly had you been doing this? I had 
my same website that I had had when I was in Atlanta, but I had to get a whole new URL. So essentially it was like starting over again. Mm -hmm. And I started that at the beginning of June and I got that come list me phone call in September. So it was somewhere around 90 days. And I did one video a week and then I would make a blog post that went along with the video and I would embed the video in the blog post. Mm -hmm. Now I don't do that for every video anymore, but at the beginning I did because I had nothing but free time. So I would just take the video and transcribe it so that I had a text version of what I said, and then I would post it as a blog post and then put the video on it, add a couple of pictures, add a few links here and there, call it a day, and then do it again the next week. Mm -hmm. And so we're not talking like you were spending, you know, thousands of dollars per video and having someone SEO optimize this thing and like all of that, like you were doing, we're talking like iPhone videos and like I'm creating a blog on the like WordPress website that I created or whatever platform you happen to be using. And it was like that simple. It was really that simple. Yeah. I I do have a, I have an easy agent pro website, which is built on WordPress. And I think they use the Yoast plugin for SEO. So as you say, my keyword is moving to Savannah, Georgia. It tells you, okay, use your keyword a few more times in the blog post and add an infographic and add a picture and add some links and da 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 to help you optimize your your blog post. But once it gets to like 98% or higher, like boom, we hit publish and that sucker's out there. And that was all just do it yourself. Yeah. I wasn't like I was hiring anybody to do it for me. That's very, very cool. And I, that's Mm -hmm. the two things that I hear a lot when I talk to people about, you know, creating a platform like this, like you clearly created this, this blog platform. And then obviously the YouTube platform for yourself is, you know, they think it's going to be a ton of work. They think it's going to be really expensive. I'm going to look bad on camera. You know, you've heard it all. You, you talk to agents all the time. Um, but you know, ultimately what I try and tell people is like, if you just start and you start with a regular schedule, like no one is going to care probably because no one's watching your first couple of videos anyways, but no one's going to care if if it's kind of weird. They're just going to think it's cool that you have content out and that you're actually doing something. And at least they see you doing something as opposed to the thousand other agents that are doing nothing. Precisely. Or the thousand agents that subscribe to a newsletter that shall remain nameless and then they just share it on their Facebook feed. But that same person has seen it from four other agents in your own market. And it's all exactly the same. There's nothing different about it. You're right. Your first videos are going to be terrible. We all were terrible. Nobody knows what they're doing. We're just like, we didn't go to film school to learn how to be a professional actor or in a Hollywood editor and all that stuff. We're just winging it. You've got your phone and you're trying to be interesting. But, you know, my first videos were terrible where the room was dark. I had no lighting. I had no audio. um, I I didn't know where to look. So like right now I'm looking at the camera lens, but most of the time you're looking at yourself on screen. So it looks like this the whole time. And I'm having an entire conversation with nobody, which the viewer (laughs) is like, hello, over here. Look over here, please. And how do you learn that stuff? You learn it by doing it over and over and over again. And it's just the sheer repetition that finally makes it click one day where you're like, oh, I kind of know what I'm doing. 
Completely. But yes, that's definitely something that I tell agents all the time is you do not need to go out and hire a professional. You don't need to be Gary Vee where somebody's following you around documenting your day all day. We don't need to do that. We don't need to hire a professional videographer to make this very polished, elegant commercial because that's not what people want to see. They don't go to YouTube to watch commercials. They want to learn something. And if you can do it in a way that is entertaining and informational at the same time, they're going to love you. Mm -hmm. Entertaining and informational. Mm -hmm. Absolutely love that. Um, so you, you start this YouTube channel, you switch over everything over to Savannah, you know, moving to Savannah type branding and stuff that's specific to that local market. And within a year, you said you had built up a team. And for those of you who listening who don't understand that concept, it basically means uh, she was a solo agent at a brokerage and had so much business coming in or so many opportunities for sellers and buyers that she wanted to hire someone on her team to handle the additional overflow. So you presumably got a, someone to handle some of the buyer leads and then maybe another person and maybe an admin, something like that. Um, just yep, for context. That's exactly. I got a virtual assistant. I got a showing assistant. That was my first like legit hire. Um, I went to my team leader and said, should I grow a team? I don't know what I'm doing. And she said, why don't you start with a showing assistant? So you get a buyer lead. This person will take them out and show them all the properties. But then when you're ready to write an offer, it comes back to you and you just pay her a referral fee at closing, or you can pay her hourly to basically chauffeur people around and open the doors. And that was huge because I was getting a lot of buyer leads from the channel and spending hours and hours of day in my car driving around showing these properties. So the showing assistant strategy was amazing. And then after about three months, she is licensed. After about three months, she said, do you think that I could like represent these people myself now? Could I be their agent and be the buyer's agent? And at first it was very much like, oh, no, because they, they hired me. They found me on YouTube yeah. and I'm the face of the channel and they want to work with me. And that was definitely a self-limiting belief because when I finally said, okay, I got to relinquish some control and let her do it. She called the first lead and they said, oh, oh, you work with Karen. Oh, she must be so busy. And Nicole said, yeah, we get so many people calling us from YouTube. You have no idea. And they said, wow, that's really awesome. Okay, great. We would love to work with you. And it was never an issue again. Yeah. And then every now and then, you know, I would come to the closing and bring a present and, you know, put in some FaceTime. But like, yes, they saw my videos, which is how they found us in the first place, but they understand that you're only one person and you can't work 24 hours a day. Mm -hmm. And so if I have other people helping me, they get it. And there's only been one guy who didn't get it. And he was offended that I didn't want to personally work with him. And he gave me the creeps anyway. So I was like, yeah, I don't think we're the best people to help you. And we just right. let him go on his merry way. Excellent. Well, I love that that happens so quickly. And, and, you know, if you go spend five minutes on your YouTube channel, you will tell that it's authentically you. And that's one of the best things and the best pieces of advice that I've talked to any content creator is find out what's unique about you and show that. And a lot of people, especially if they're new in it, in the business or a business, they're like, I don't know anything about this business. I'm barely <laughs> figure. I just got my license. I'm just figuring this out. And, you know, you still have stuff that is interesting and unique to you that you could somehow parlay into real estate or into sales or into whatever to at least talk to your network about. And if it's true and real and authentic, people will engage with it. 
Agreed. And you might be new to the business, but you know the area where you live. You can talk about your neighborhoods. You can talk about the cities. You can talk about the things there are to do there. You can talk about how much it costs to live there. Like what's the cost of living in your city compared to somewhere else? I mean, there are a lot of things that you can talk about besides, you know, what is escrow and what is, what is good faith deposit and stuff like that. Right. And those things are absolutely worth talking about to some degree, but you're right. Like having that more specific content, um, especially when you're new and you don't know how to talk about a good faith deposit or escrow effectively is, is absolutely critical. So, um, you know, sort of fast forward a little bit, you've built your team, the, the channel is doing quite well, giving you guys a ton of business. Um, then when does some of the teaching come into play? Because you have you have the book about how to do this, uh, how to do the real estate strategy for agents, and you have a YouTube channel dedicated to that type of content. So how did you um, bring that in, and more importantly, why? Probably, oh, it was probably right around the time I got the first lead. I got a call from an agent that said, "Hey, I've been following your YouTube channel," and I said, "Why?" Like, why, why would you watch my YouTube channel? They're not anywhere near my market. He was all the way across the country. And I don't even remember what his answer was, but he said, is it working for you? Like, are you actually getting business from this? And I said, as a matter of fact, yes, I just got a listing from somebody that found me on YouTube. And he was asking me all these questions about what's the equipment and what's the software and who does the editing and da, 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 da. And then I got another call like that and another call like that. And after, I don't know, there was... It, months and months. And I love to talk about this stuff. I'll tell anyone who will listen why YouTube is amazing and you should definitely consider it as a lead gen strategy. I think I hung up the phone at like 930 at night and my husband said, there is some demand here. You should figure out how to teach this stuff because everybody wants to know it. And you're giving all of your time freely. Why not try to make this into some sort of course? And I thought, huh, so I made a video for my channel and I said, I know a lot of you that watch this channel are real estate agents because you call me all the time and you tell me you're watching my channel. If I made a course, would anyone take it? And like 150 people said, me, I would. So I said, oh crap, I guess I have to make a course. <laughs> and I had no idea what I was doing. I was absolutely winging it. So I just sat down and mapped out, okay, so what, you know, what are the basic things, just made an outline of how would I teach this? What do they need to know? What would I include? I put it all together. I found an online course hosting platform and I put it all together and then I launched it on July 12th of 2018. I went live on YouTube and said, today's the big day. I'm launching the course. And I had like 20 people sign up for it that first week, which I thought I'd be lucky if even five people bought it. So mm -hmm, I was very excited mm -hmm. that 20 people bought it. And then it just snowballed from there and word spread. And I started getting asked to speak at, like I spoke at Inman Connect. I spoke at Keller Williams Family Reunion. Um, I've spoken at, you know, associations of realtors all across the country. I've been doing tons of these Zoom calls now that we're in quarantine. And everybody wants to learn. They know they need to be doing video marketing. They just really don't know how. And they want step-by-step -step instructions. And that has turned in to just be 
a great thing because I find after 15 years of selling houses, yes, it's great for me to say, woo, I sold your house for 10,000 over the asking price. But it's really, really rewarding to me when an agent says like, you have changed my business. You have literally taught me how to conduct business in a way that I enjoy, that's fun, that's putting food on my table. And I can control it regardless of what happens in the market. I am in control of that. And oh, that just makes me so happy. I love it. I love that. Um, as a fellow content creator, I hear this a lot, um, especially since COVID has started. There's been something like 78,000 podcasts that have started in the last four or five weeks. You know, there's billions of people on YouTube, and I don't know how many channels, but millions, I'm sure. Um, if more and more people get into YouTube and video marketing specifically, um, won't they, won't there like not be enough room for all of us? Like won't, won't someone else having a video will take away a lead from you and like, we'll just get too saturated. Yes. There is no more room on YouTube for anybody else. So nobody should even bother to try. I mean, that's just crazy. (laughs) You live in the San Francisco Bay area. How many millions and millions and millions of people live there? I think there's enough room for, you know, 10 different agents that are doing video. There's plenty of room. In fact, I've taught a class on how to do video at my own market center four times and people come and they get all excited about it. They make one or two videos and then that's it. They just go away. So if people would just stay consistent with it, they would totally see results, but people give up. It's like that analogy of you plant the seed and it's down there growing and it's growing and it's growing and growing and you stop right before it hits the dirt. So you never see the results because all you had to do was just keep going a little bit longer and that seed would have broken the surface and then bam, it would have happened. But I also feel like the, the personality that you display on camera, like attracts like, you will attract people that have a similar personality as yours. So if the guy next to me is wearing a three-piece suit and he's very serious and he's going after the luxury market and I am... I don't know why Siri keeps popping up when I say certain words. And then I am a military relocation specialist. So I am talking to people that are relocating to Savannah because they got orders to go to Hunter Army Airfield. We are targeting two completely different people and there's plenty of room for both of us. It's okay. Like somebody else can be making videos too and that's all right. And I really think that there's both, there's room for everybody because everyone has a different appeal and everyone should have a different specialty too, a different area of expertise. Absolutely. Totally agree with that. I thank you for, for fleshing that out for us. Um, before we get into the, the last section of the show, I just want to ask real quick, you know, you've hit on a couple of things, consistency being number one, but what are some mm-hmm. of the, uh, the tips that you give people um, to really start to flesh out their ideas and get their channels or their video marketing strategy up and running if they're thinking about starting this for themselves? The first thing I tell them is that YouTube is not all about the listings. We're not just going, come look at my beautiful house and look at this pretty backyard. It's not about the house. It's about you branding yourself and giving them guidance in the real estate transaction. So figure out like, who am I going after? Am I trying to get listings? Am I trying to get buyers? Am I trying to work a farm area? Am I trying to work people that are going to live in Alameda that are going to commute to, I don't know, San Jose or, um, 
San Francisco and they're just living here because it's less expensive and so they're willing to have the commute? Are we talking about seniors who are empty nesters that are downsizing? Are we talking about first-time buyers? So you can figure out who am I trying to attract and that not only helps me come up with content ideas because if I know I'm talking to first-time buyers, I'm not going to be making the same videos that I am for people that are, you know, empty nesters. They're, they're different videos. It helps you come up with your content, but it also attracts that person like a magnet because when they go out there and they do the Google search for that topic and your video shows up, they're like, oh, that's exactly what I wanted to know. And mm -hmm. the way that we do that is because Google owns YouTube. For those of you that don't know that, Google owns YouTube and YouTube is a search engine. It's really not a social media platform as far as I'm concerned. It's kind of like the video version of Google. Mm -hmm. And if you make a video that's doing very well on YouTube, it will absolutely show up on the first page of Google search results totally for free. So people find the video because they were looking for it. They were Googling something like PCSing to Hunter Army Airfield. They're typing that into the Google search bar. They're typing it into the YouTube search bar. Your video shows up. They watch it, they get to know you, they watch another video, they watch another video. It's kind of like Netflix. We want them to binge watch our content. Yep. And after they've done that a few times, if they are ready to move, that's when they send you an email, they look you up on Facebook and they send you a message, they just pick up the phone and call you, they text you at you know nine o'clock at night. Like We get contacted any number of ways, but it's because... I was giving them all of this information freely without asking for anything in return. And I really think that's the secret on YouTube. I love that. Well, thank you for sharing all of that. And if you guys are interested, of course, Karen, you have your book and you have your YouTube site so you can go on and download all of that and, and get that content um, in a little bit further detail uh, for all of the stuff that Karen puts out there relative to how to start this. Um, but I want to respect the rest of your time. I know you've got couple kids at home that you're doing the homeschool thing with and I want to oh, yes. uh, let you get back to it. But um, before we sign it off for today, let's go over to the focus five, which is the same five questions I ask every guest on every show. Are you ready? I'm ready. First question is what book have you gifted most often? Hmm. I think it's the five second rule by Mel Robbins. I love that book. I love it. It basically book. just says, I know, it just says like whatever your natural inclination is when somebody asks you the question, just take a deep breath and do the opposite and you'll be amazed at what happens if you're just brave. If you could get an hour of somebody's time, past or present, live or dead, and ask as many questions as you wanted, who would that person be and why? Mm, that was a really hard one because so many people... This is so nerdy, but because of my opera background, I think I'd have to go with Mozart. The man is just a freaking genius. I've watched the movie Amadeus about a hundred times. I think it would have to be Mozart. What is one thing that you believe most people would disagree with you on? Hmm. They think that you need to be extremely professional and polished in order to be on camera and be on YouTube. And I tell them that is not even remotely accurate. I have videos where I dress up in silly characters and talk with voices. I have a video where I flat out fell down in my driveway and yet I get plenty of business from it. So I don't think you need to try to put on airs and pretend to be something or not. If you're very serious and you always wear a suit, cool, be that way on camera. But if you're goofy and you talk with your hands, like be that way on camera. 
Give us a glimpse of your morning routine. How do you like to start your day? Uh, this is going to get kind of woo-woo on you. So um, I listen to a lot of uh, affirmations on YouTube. I found this channel called Bob Baker about a year ago, and I really believe in the story that you're telling yourself that you're just like running through your head subconsciously all the time is what is your reality. So if you're saying, I'm not good with technology, I don't understand, I'm so confused, that is what manifests into your reality because you're telling yourself that over and over and over again. And so you start to believe it. And once you believe it, it's now a fact. It's not your opinion anymore. You believe it. It is a fact. So how about if you tell yourself, I'm amazing. I am good at this. I have a fantastic business. I have clients begging to work with me. I receive money every single day from closings. And you just tell yourself this kind of stuff. So I'll stick my earbuds in. I get myself a cup of coffee. I just sit on the couch because I'm the first one up. The kids are still asleep. My husband's still asleep. And I just listen to like a 10 or 15 minute recording of positive messages like that so that I can really try to train the subconscious mind that this is the person that I am. This is my life. This is my reality. And boy, after you start to really internalize that stuff and believe it, it becomes true. It is absolutely true. And it changes your life. Karen, thank you so much for all the value you've brought today. What is the best place online that we can connect with you? And then obviously, where can we find your book? Uh, you can find the book on Amazon. It's called YouTube for Real Estate Agents. Learn how to get free real estate leads and never cold call again. Amen. Um, and YouTube for Agents everywhere. So on Facebook, Instagram, and my YouTube channel is YouTube for Agents. And if you're someone who is not a real estate agent, all of the tips can apply very easily. You just have to replace the word real estate agent with whatever it is that you do. So go check it I out. Agree. You can learn an awful lot. There's a ton of great content, ton of great tips um, for just succeeding on YouTube. Karen, thank you so much for your time today. Really appreciate it. And uh, stay safe out there and good luck with what you have going on going forward. Thank you. Same to you, Hans. I appreciate it. And that does it for today. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. Really appreciate it. Uh, if you want to connect with Karen, uh, her YouTube channel, or learn about her book uh, that's uh, available on Amazon and Kindle and all that, it's down in the show notes. Uh, just go connect with her, say what's up, give her some love. And again, if you are someone who is not a real estate agent, but you want to learn YouTube, she is a really fantastic resource. Uh, so just go check out some of her stuff. You'll learn a lot. And if you want to connect with me, all of my social media stuff is down in the show notes as well, including my Calendly link, which gets you onto my calendar for 15 minutes. We can have a chat, get to know each other, because um, I would really love to take just a few minutes and learn how to keep making this podcast an even better listening experience for you. Uh, so without any further ado, I'm going to sign it off. This is Hans Strazina, host of Another Way to Play. And remember to make every chapter better than the last. Thanks for joining in for this episode of Another Way to Play, making the next chapter of your life better than your last. For more insights and inspiration to help you make that personal leap, be sure to engage with Hans on social media and get your questions answered right here on the show. Reach out to Hans at Chief SNAH on Instagram, and we'll catch you on the next episode of Another Way to Play.